0: Hi guys and welcome back to Bench Busted, an FPL podcast with me and Jack where we look at our teams and increasingly as the weeks go on actually feel great about how our weeks have gone in terms of fantasy football. As always joined by Jack, how are you doing today Jack? You know what mate?
1: I couldn't have said it any better myself, to be honest. I mean, it's been a fantastic few weeks. We'll get into it in a moment, but yeah, I'm feeling good. Um, yeah, there's the prospect of the massive double game week twenty six on the horizon as well, which we'll no doubt get onto later. So yeah, things are looking on the up for. I think the both of us really.
0: Yeah, they're looking on the up. It is actually that you mention it. I think I've seen it's the biggest double game week in fantasy fo- fantasy Premier League history, Jack. Wow. I can't believe I'm not bench boosting. But um yeah, things are on the up. However, and there's a small caveat to this, you're getting away from me. <laughs> you, you your scores are always higher than mine. In our private league that I sometimes care a lot about, the the two chaps above us, they continue to to climb away from me. And this week, although I'm very happy with my score, I took a hit, um, I scored 71, which would be 67 without the without that, which we'll obviously talk about in a second. But You scored, oh, no spoilers, but you may have scored more than me, and everyone else scored more than me, and I just, I'm just not, I'm just not keeping up, I'm just falling further and further behind while you high roll off the back of Dallas, or someone else high rolls off of a jammy Bamford goal, or or Rafina, and (laughs) and all these weird things just keep stopping me from, from gaining ground that I'd otherwise sort of like to try and make up, which, um, Can be a bit of a dampener. Let's let's forget that for a while, Jack. Go on, before I talk about my devastatingly poor team, I say that, 71 points. Before I talk about my team, Jack, tell me the good news. How have you done? Who scored your points? Who did you captain in the end? How did it go?
1: Well, I mean, just before I do get onto that, just to sort of like keep your mind at rest. I saw a stat earlier in the week and it was talking about how I think it must have been like three or four game weeks ago. Number one in the world was, I think, sixty or so points ahead of number two in the world, and over the last yeah couple of game weeks, they are now sixty points ahead of you know like the person who sat in sixtieth. And I know that we're talking about the upper echelons of FPL, and we are by no means anywhere near that. But it just it does go to show that things can change very quickly. So I wouldn't you know I wouldn't say that you're having a bad time um I, I think that there's still a lot of potential to to improve upon uh your score myself included as well so I wouldn't I wouldn't count yourself out of it just yet mate I mean I know yeah I know FPL can be frustrating at times but yeah there's still plenty of the uh of the Premier League season left um as you say I ended on 81 points and I am yeah I mean I can't complain about it um I know that you're going to inevitably bring it up I did of course over, you know, the first couple of days of the weekend of, of Double Game Week 25, I was bemoaning the fact that my team was not going to get any points and it was going to be a bad week. My week is over. <laughs> <laughs> and I know I do that all the time. But look, I I am very much someone who hopes for the best, expects the worst. And that way for me, I certainly in terms of FPL, I'm, I'm never disappointed because if I, if I expect the worst, then... I'm always going to be happy if if I outdo the worst, you know. So I'm, I'm fantastically over the moon um, with my team. You mentioned the man of the hour, Stuart Dallas. Oh my, dude, I just... How he is not at the front of everyone's radar is still beyond me. I, I think I've been talking about it over the last couple of weeks as well. He is this season's John Lundstrom. If you can give me a 4.5 defender who in essence plays as a midfielder some of the time in in that lead side when they do have you know Alioski and Ailing and playing on the left and right hand side respectively Dallas is known to be moved up into the midfield and if I can get someone who's pushing so far forward and is getting goals and assists I think he's got the same amount of goals and assists that John Lundstrom had throughout the entire of last season now and and you know having him in there at 4.5 I think his price has gone up to you know 4.8 now but having him in there it's just it's so rewarding when he does well Leeds of course are a team that certainly look like they only have one plan and that is attack 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 so I was pleasantly surprised with the with with the clean sheet points um Melier it must be said in between the sticks for Leeds had a fantastic game um not so much in the game against Wolves but certainly that second game was was just phenomenal um I mean Bamford got the armband from me there was a it was pretty much a toss up between Fernandez and Bamford. I did go for Bamford in the end, just purely because of the allure of that double game week. And I mean, he could have even had more points. You know, he had a goal ruled out for offside in that Wolves game. He, I mean, Dallas almost got an assist to Bamford as well, which would have just put the icing on top of the cake, to be honest. But I'm happy with it. I got a return. That's really all I want from my captains. Bruno Fernandez kept picking up 12 points. Um, and then one of my transfers in of the of the week in preparation for blank game week 26 and of course um looking forward um in, into the fishes in and around the, the, the blank game week um harvey barnes i mean i transferred him in last minute there was a lot of news about jack Grealish and we'll get onto that i'm assuming we will um in in a moment and and sort of all of the leaks happening on twitter and stuff but i brought in harvey barnes just as a bit of cover Grealish was on my bench and harvey barnes he's He's becoming more and more. Certainly, the, the the Leicester attack are becoming more and more prominent in a lot of teams that I'm seeing. I think Harvey Barnes still relatively low ownership. You know, you've got the likes of Madison in there as well, and and Vardy. Okay, Vardy's maybe not at his best at the moment, but he is. You know, he is that main man at the spearhead of the attack, and he likes to bring in the likes of Barnes and Madison into that attack as well. So I think things are boding well for my team and yeah I mean smattering of points elsewhere Salah another blank I mean what can you do really I mean look Salah is one of those players who again I mention this every week I'm um, maybe a bit too deep into it now and certainly with doubles and their sort of certainly on paper it looks like a bit more of a favorable fixture run over the next couple of weeks um, up until the blank game week but I feel like Salah's a hold I've got Robertson there as well which it's becoming increasingly annoying when Liverpool don't keep a clean sheet but I mean like I say I've got 81 points I can't really
0: complain. Oh it's, it's lovely to hear about <laughs> I mean I think I think the key is actually and it's always, always important to say this we just we just we just make the same decisions Jack because I did the same thing as you I acted on the news and again we will talk about this uh, it's the most important thing I think this week we'll talk about the Jack Grealish stuff but I also heard he was injured um, from, from you and other sources, actually. I think I was a bit ahead of you on this one. And independently, I got Barnes in. I got Ings in um, for a hit. Uh, uh, but I, I captained Fernandez, which which was probably the best thing I did this week. Um, so I got his 24 points, you know, 12 times two. Sterling, who I brought in for all of his double game weeks coming up, got eight points, which was nice. Uh, returned within two minutes against Arsenal. But otherwise, just bums, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I, why do I? Why do I own Trent Alexander Arnold? Who over the last five weeks has, from five weeks ago to to now, he's has scored two, two, zero, one, one. It's just why do I own this guy? I could have taken a hit to get Dallas in and equaled your score, which would have been nice. Or or I own Shaw, who who got two. He put in. He created more chances than anyone has ever created in 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 the history of a game or something mad like that. I saw. Um, but he didn't keep a clean sheet against Newcastle, of all teams. Um, again, lost that very early on and didn't get an attacking return despite actually probably playing very well and, and looking like he ought to have. So, I don't know, I'm a bit down on him, but maybe I shouldn't be so down on him. Gundawan didn't return. Kinsella got a yellow card because he's, a, cause he's, cause he's great. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, Salah blanked. And Martinez also blanked, but who cares? Martinez scores so well already, it doesn't really matter. Although... uh, Newcastle although Aston Villa are sort of looking a bit uh, shaky at the moment without Grealish so a a sort of semi-bad game week um, where I took a hit and scored 67 if you take the hit into account and actually have seen red arrows as a result of it can you believe that so um, feels good and the team looks all right but uh, it's a bit it's a bit dire and I think all of my transfers now if I am to take over the spots at the top of the league or just move up. I think I'm going to have to gear all of my transfers towards uh, the blank game week in 29 and then wildcarding in 30 as sort of a general strategy that I haven't thought through very much. Um, If that makes sense, I think, I think if I've got any chance at all, it has to be involving that. Don't you think?
1: Yeah. I mean, I certainly think we've seen a lot of people activating wildcards just before uh, game week 25 in preparation for game week 26 and and you know keeping in mind the fact that a lot of managers are are, are going to be activating their bench boost chip in in 26 as well which means uh, of course you'll you'll have a squad of 15 players effectively playing if you've got all of your transfers worked out right and all of your players play twice then you've got effectively 30 players if they all play both games in a double so you, you know you're basically maximizing your your, your points output there and I think a lot of people are perhaps going into blank game week twenty nine in in a few weeks are going to be maybe just thinking about trying to to tank that and and just try and take it as it comes. I think we both still have our bench boost and our second wild card intact. So um, yeah, I, I think we are both fairly well set up to to combat game week twenty six. And then of course, one thing that not a lot of people are mentioning is the fact that after game week twenty nine, going into game week thirty, there is an international break um so there is there, there are going to be a couple of weeks where managers are going to be sort of stuck in limbo waiting for players to come back from international duty and I think certainly it, it does play to our strengths the fact that we do have the wild card means that we can essentially just change our squad however we want depending on on who comes back injured or or, or who looks like they're going to be hitting a bit of a, a bit of a purple patch in the premier league so I feel like we are both very well equipped to to, to deal with uh, the up and coming game
0: weeks. Oh man, yes, uh, I I feel it too. So let's talk. Let's talk about the big big news this week. Um, I'll tell you a little story. Once upon a time, there was a chap on Reddit, and he noticed that Andrew Robertson had taken Marnay out of his fantasy football team just after the deadline, and lo and behold, that week. Marnay didn't play, and he was injured, and it was something that had been kept sort of under the radar. And it was um, it was the start of something fun. It was the start of a guy who eventually actually made a bot which tracked all teams, um, and if a team, if someone from a certain team took out a player on that team they were notified and it went on for a week or two actually the bot sort of not doing a lot of harm because it's all after the deadline anyway but you could you could almost tell before a game started whether whether a player who who hadn't been mentioned as injured in the press had been had been taken out and and probably was injured and it also sort of gave a good indication as to whether a player might be out for a lot longer than their manager was letting on i know that a couple of managers in the league like to like to play down how long a player might be injured. I, I know that Dean Smith did it already with Barkley when Barkley was out. He was just a couple of weeks from returning. He was so close to making a West Brom game at one point, I remember, <laughs> and then he was out for three more games or something. So, so it's it was helpful for that reason. And amongst that, that's just one tool that people use. But but aside from that, there's obviously lots of other ways that people can find out. There's team leaks that happen, and there's also training photos. So if, for example, a player that might be injured isn't seen in 20 or 30 training photos, you can say, ah, hang on a second. If they're not training, they're probably injured, they're not going to play. And um it all sort of culminated this week at the well in the Villa versus Leicester game, where um, Villa lost, Grealish is injured, we don't know how long for, although although it's it's supposedly for, for four to six weeks. Before the deadline happened, both you and I, Jack, um, heard, and, and there was lots of rumours going around that Greenish was injured. On top of that, those sort of leaks and, and those rumours, there were no photos of him in training as well. Yeah. And then after the deadline, it was pretty much confirmed because the bots, uh, or the bots, the bot that this guy had made was able to identify that a lot of Aston Villa players and sort of staff that work around the team had all taken Greenish out of their fantasy football teams. And... I don't think that that's impacted much, but we'll talk about what I think and what you think in a second. But the, the resulting uh, sort of takeaway from that is that, that Villa played on Sunday. So there was a whole day between then. Leicester, if they had been a bit more astute, uh, and you could argue that they didn't know about this based on sort of the way they lined up and, and the fact that Ricardo Pereira played on the right wing, could have could have found out that Grealish wasn't playing. They could have prepared for that. And um, as the result of this, Aston Villa have, well, it says they've investigated the leak, but what they've done is they've banned their players and their staff, I think, from playing fantasy football, and other teams in the league now are also looking at this as a potential problem. Now, the questions that I ask, Jack, and I'm sure you've got a lot to say on this, um, and and the things that I also want to talk about as well in a second after after you've had your piece, is that an overreaction? Are they addressing the wrong problems? Is it even a fix? What do you think? Well, I... I certainly
1: think that in, in 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 the world of football in this day and age, there will always be leaks. Um, you know, whether it be people who work at the club um, or you know training ground photos, as you mentioned. Um, I I don't think it's an overreaction because I I can understand why Dean Smith is angry about it because it does it does give potentially an advantage to your opposition as you say Leicester would they have played any differently if Grealish was there I mean they they yeah they they set up playing Castagna and Ricardo Pereira on the right hand side waiting to see Grealish announced in in that starting lineup but he wasn't even on the bench so I don't you know there wouldn't have been any time to change the tactics from from Brendan Rodgers and I think that they still would have won that game I feel like Dean Smith yeah saying oh well you know it gave Leicester an advantage is maybe a bit of an overstatement I do think that certainly from a football point of view if we go away from FPL it is you know if, if, if I was managing a club and if I knew that I had a high caliber player out injured um, regardless of the impacts on on fantasy football I would want to try and keep as tight-lipped as I could I think that what they've got to do is is locate the source first and and really that's that's really difficult to uh, to do I mean if if you're going to do that essentially what it will amount to is no no photography allowed at training grounds. Um, you won't be able to, you know, social media for that particular club will die because that's that's what a lot of people in their jobs are hired to do. You know, they're, they're hired to promote the team on social media. And part of that is showing the players in training. So I don't know. I mean, I can understand why he's annoyed by it. Whether it was an overreaction or not, I mean, I would probably have been as annoyed
0: as he is if, if I was in his situation. Interesting. I think I think uh, I think you make a lot of good points. I think that they definitely need to pin down the leak. I, I remember earlier in the season when it came to leaks, Liverpool put out a bunch of different teams in a bunch of different ways. To try and identify where their leak was coming from. And one of the guys who was leaking the Liverpool team sheet got um got caught doing so when he leaked a lineup that was way too juicy to be true. I just think that it alienates fans. If you start removing fans from oh, they can't see training ground anymore, that they can't, they don't they don't get they don't get involved with the club in that aspect, that they don't get to find out how how like long their star player is injured for. It starts removing the fans from football. And the same with the fantasy football aspect as well, where a lot of the promotional stuff that happens is to do with asking players who actually play football, the Premier League players, who they've got in their fantasy teams, who they're captaining. Bamford loves to talk about the fact that he, he captained himself, right? <laughs> and... If you start banning players from doing that, it starts removing like not not just from from the fans' perspective as well. Actually, from from the Premier League's perspective, it's reducing their product. Right? It's ruining their product. We wouldn't be interested in half the games we're interested in if it wasn't for, for fantasy football, would we? Have sat and watched Southampton get done by Bright, uh, by Brighton by um, by Leeds the other day? I don't think so. I, I don't think I'd have sat and watched <laughs> watched that three 0 So they've got to be careful. And I think there are better ways to do this and, and better approach they can take. And I think the fantasy football element, which is the element that's being talked about a lot, is very easy to talk about um, and very easy to blame that aspect of things. And it's also so easy for people in the world to go, bots, people are making bots, it's just not fair. What do they mean by bots? It's just a simple algorithm that's looking at teams and, and find you know, so a lot of things are getting blamed when they shouldn't be blamed. And, and the biggest problem is people, um, not bots online or fantasy football it's people it's it's the guy who's leaking the team it's it's not that's that's my take on it and I think they're they're gonna I don't want them to harm fantasy football as a result of this and I think they're going to and I think it it looks like that that is the way it's heading Uh, so so it makes me quite upset it makes me quite angry to see people making bad decisions based on that and banning their players from playing when I don't know what's John McGinn done wrong you know why why can't he play
1: (laughs) I, I think as well, you know, you have to take a step back and, and just appreciate the fact that, you know, FPL, it's it, it's just a game and, okay, yeah, there can be leaks and, you know, people, it, it's gained massive popularity, certainly, certainly this season. I mean, we're we at over 8 million global players in, in FPL and I think that that's the highest it's ever been, so it does gain a lot of attention and there is a lot of research done. And I think it's just, you know, it's the general public. We do our due diligence in terms of trying to figure out as much information as we can. You know, there, there, there isn't just one person that's that, that's doing this and posting team news and whatever. There, there are so many different sources for, for a lot of information about team leaks and stuff. So I feel like you will never be able to eradicate it. I think a countermeasure, you know, why not just post a, a couple of week old training photo of one of your injured players playing in training or, or something? If you want to counteract it, then just put out false media posts. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think banning them, certainly, I I imagine a lot, if not all of the teams have private leagues set up. And I think that banning players is is certainly, uh, certainly not... Well, I, I certainly think it is maybe a bit of an overreaction.
0: Certainly. And... At the end of the day, why not be a bit more like Bielsa? Bielsa you know, telling everyone exactly what formation you're going to play, <laughs> exactly what your team's going to be. Because ultimately, that's I don't know. I don't even know if it matters if the opposition know who's injured and who's playing. Um, it almost almost feels like maybe it doesn't. Maybe maybe the fact that Grealish is out genuinely doesn't matter to Leicester. If he's out and he doesn't play, then great. Then they just they they can you know you can adjust. Small, make small adjustments in the game and probably profit from that and if he's in the game fine great whatever just mark it I don't know just thinking out loud there so um we'll move on to because because it was a double game week last week and there were some big results that came through especially at the end of the week when I thought I'd got a gained ground as it were on uh <laughs> on you and all the people above me I thought I'd got away with one and i had done the business but uh, I hadn't, so so I'll, I'll rattle through the results. Uh, so, week started, um, ended actually, for you, on Friday, when <laughs> Wolves beat Leicester 1-0. Uh, on Saturday, Southampton drew 1-1 with Chelsea. Minamino becoming the first and only player so far to score against Thomas Tuchel in his eight games in charge, including, that is including the European game that followed that, where Chelsea won 1-0 against uh, Spanish Burnley. Um, Burnley, speaking of, drew 0-0 with West Brom. Liverpool lost 2-0 to Everton. Fulham beat Sheffield 1-0. On Sunday, West Ham beat Spurs 2-1. Aston Villa, of course, lost to Leicester 2-1. Arsenal lost 1-0 to Man City. Uh, Manchester United lost 3-1 to Newcastle United. Uh, on Monday, Brighton lost to Crystal Palace 2-1, which actually, do you know what, breaks my heart. And it was a last-minute a last minute goal. Crystal Palace barely ever score without Zaha. And suddenly, poof, 2-1. Uh, and then on Tuesday, when I thought I was in the clear, Jack, and all I needed was just like an Ings goal or an Ings return or something, uh, Leeds beat Southampton 3-0, including goals from all of your favourite fantasy football picks, uh, Rafida, Bamford and Dallas, which ugh, the guy at the top of our league has all three of those. And it just tanked me. It really did tank me. So big week, loads of big results. Um the top, the top teams, or I say top teams, is are Liverpool a top team anymore? That all struggle to get results. So, so let's talk about that. Um, Liverpool losing to Everton, Spurs losing to West Ham, and Chelsea drawing to Southampton. What do you think about that? What did you make of the weekend?
1: I mean, I uh, there's no better place to start than that Liverpool game, really. I mean, Everton, I don't think they they'd won a league game at Anfield against Liverpool in what was it like 20 years I think it was since 1999 was the last time that they won at Anfield and you know to get a a a relatively early goal in in the way that they did via via Richarlison was was fantastic Um, I mean it was a a defense splitting pass from James Rodriguez really just you know put Richarlison through and and it was a a simple finish for him and then you know Sigurdsson getting a uh, getting a goal as well so yeah I mean Everton Everton is starting to look a bit more dangerous again. I feel like there there's always been questions about Everton's defence. They seem to hold up well. I mean, Pickford had a fantastic game. He made uh, quite a few good saves to, to to keep the likes of Salah and Mane out. So yeah, I, I think Everton can give themselves a, a a very solid pat on the back for that one. It was a, a well deserved ground out victory. Um, yeah, maybe maybe the likes of, of DCL, Richarlison, Hammers, Rodriguez, maybe even Sigurdsson maybe back on the radar for for a lot of managers i think luca dean as well is is maybe a a transfer target for a lot of people in terms of double game week 26 coming up chelsea yeah look i mean we both brought in danny yings for the double what more can you say he started in that game he didn't really do a lot uh minamino he got a goal um, i mean it was a fantastic again fantastically taken goal you know to dummy I think he, you know, he feigned to shoot a couple of times before slotting it past, uh, Edouard Mendy in between the goal for Chelsea. So, yeah, Southampton maybe not having the bounce back that they had after losing 9 0 uh, last season, but certainly. Maybe things are looking a bit on the up for them. I mean, I say that they did then go on to lose 3-0 against Leeds. So, I mean, who, who knows what's going on with Southampton at the moment? I feel like the Danny Ings transfer was maybe not the best idea from the both of us. Um, I think that we were both sort of just keeping our fingers and toes crossed really to, uh, to hope for a return from him. And I think also we were maybe influenced a little bit by the fact that Antonio was maybe not guaranteed to start. You know, David Moyes had been sort of teasing us quite a bit about you know whether or not he's going to be back in the squad he did start for for West Ham and I mean he got them off to a flyer really I mean West Ham are certainly this season considering where they were last season they are I think outperforming all of the stats outdoing everyone's expectations I'm a bit annoyed that I transferred out Antonio of course I am but hey it is what it is I mean Jesse Lingard looks like he's he's really enjoying life at the moment I mean West Ham is maybe a bit of a bit of fresh air for him at the moment and and it certainly seems like he's adapting well to the way that David Moyes wants him to play they know each other quite well from their time together at Man United so I don't know I mean Lingard maybe he's an option if if you want to try and cover the West Ham attack and, and and you don't you don't quite have enough funds to stretch for Antonio. Maybe Jesse Lingard is the way to go, but certainly I think as well with the West Ham fixtures, it was always a bit of a uh, a bit of a question as to whether or not they would be able to grind out results against you know the the, the so called top six teams in the Premier League. So yeah, I, I feel like the decision to bring in Danny Ings was the right one, but certainly in hindsight, it feels like it was uh, maybe the wrong one.
0: Yeah, I agree. And and actually, a word on Spurs and, and looking forwards as well. What do you make of their attack? Because a lot of people are just making the case, and Everton I guess, but a lot of people are making the case of using the triple captain this week and a lot of people are making moves to get Kane in specifically to captain him, to get Son in for similar reasons and in the case of Everton as well to get to get Dominic Calvert-Lewin in because uh, people like the look of Everton's two fixtures and they want to captain or triple captain him. Do, do you think that that's sort of wise personally? I think for me and I can explain this later but Harry Kane is not the pick. I, I just can't believe that people are busting guts to get him in when Spurs are just so dead in front of goal. They're just so... oh, They're so poor.
1: I I, I mean, I don't know what to say to that because... Well, spoiler, Kane is is one of the transfers that I have made this week. And I, I, I think... Oh, no! I think Kane, although he's not got the points over the last few weeks to, 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 to back that up, I feel like he's getting chances and when it comes to double game weeks you 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 know if you're not targeting the teams with the favorable fixtures on paper then then what are you targeting i mean i know look you can look at it and say okay yes they play burnley and fulham they got the home game against burnley and a away match against fulham and burnley and fulham have very much improved defensively over the last three or four fixtures but i just feel like kane is getting chances he's not putting them away he's he's bound to come back and deliver at some point and like i've said over the last couple of weeks if there is any player in that spurs team that i am trying to target specifically for for double gaming 26 and of course beyond as well i mean you look at the spurs fixtures basically up until the end of the season look look fantastic so yes maybe it's it's a bit preemptive to to you know stick all my hopes on harry kane but i i I just think that if the points are going to come anywhere from that Spurs team, it's going to be from Harry Kane. Um, They are one of the teams as well that not only double in 26, but they also play in blank game 29. So it's sort of pushing me in in that direction where I am going to have another player who plays in in 29. So I don't really have to worry about that too much in terms of having a a good player in, in my team in 29. But I just think that, yeah, like I say, if Double game weeks are always what FPL managers look at and and what we try to target in terms of our massive returns. And I think that Kane, he's due one man. He he's he's looked fantastic. I mean, if he's on set pieces as well, um, from in and around that 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 penalty area, then there's absolutely no reason why he can't pick up a massive haul against Burnley and Fulham. Honestly, I I, I can understand why people would be maybe a bit tentative to 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 jump on to the likes of Harry Kane and of course Calvert-Lewin as you say I think he plays Southampton and West Brom in double
0: gaming 26 but I honestly think that 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 Harry Kane is is where it's at mate My word Jack my word you kept that one quiet and that is not a move I expected from you I know that you've sent and and you do love to play with the team <laughs> see what potential transfers you can make and I've seen a lot of them and a lot of them have involved Harry Kane and and, and your thoughts for him but I didn't think you'd do it. I didn't think you'd go for Harry Kane and and yeah, I get it. He's a focal point of the attack. He he is he is um he's a quality player, but I think at the moment Spurs aren't creating chances. Burnley do have a good defence, Fulham do have a good defence, and I don't I just don't feel it. This is gonna absolutely define our week, isn't it? Whether whether you beat me or I beat you, it's probably gonna hinge on how Harry Kane and Raheem Sterling do in their in their two games, you think. And boy, oh, now I'm ex. Now I've got the energy. Now I'm excited. I see the way back in. Earlier, I was saying, oh, there's no chance of me catching you. But now I've seen it, Jack. I've seen the light. You've brought in Harry Redcard Kane for the double game week. When was the last time he got a red card? Isn't he due one? He's due one, right? He's due one. Is that what you're referring to when you said he's due? The re- the red card. He's
1: definitely not due a red card, mate. Is he's, he's, he was rested midweek in the Europa League. He he's going to be the focal as you say he's the focal point in that team and and i know it's i know it's a bit of a gamble going with him because nine times out of ten if if spurs aren't looking great offensively then it means that harry kane is maybe not at the top of his game but i just i've done this way too often this season where i haven't gone with my gut reaction and, and my gut instinct and that's certainly something with game week 26 in mind something that i've taken into account and I'm just going for it, mate. It's, it's gone to that point in the season now where certainly, again, double game week is where there is a lot of potential for a lot of points to, to be won. There is still the question about the captaincy. I mean, I, it's currently on Harry Kane. Um, I know we're getting a bit off topic in terms of looking forward to the future and transfers at the moment when we're meant to be reviewing some of the, uh, some of the fixtures from 25. But yeah, I mean, I don't know, mate. I just got a feeling, you know, you, when, when you have that feeling and you just, want to go with it so 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 that's what i'm doing it's gotten to that point in the season now where i'm just going to start trusting my gut
0: oh jack you know what i love it i love i love to see you you going for this these big moves trusting your gut that's good that that is that is how to play right forget forget (laughs) forget forget everything else trust your gut i mean you were so right when you said that lookman would be the highest scorer in 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 game week 25 (laughs) i know i did not say that (laughs) so so i'm sure this one went. Won't, won't backfire, but he
1: did score a goal, though. I mean, speaking of Adamola Lookman and Fulham, Fulham, you know, yeah, they do play Spurs, but they picked up a relatively decent win against Sheffield. Um, Maybe not one of the games that a lot of people are, are, are looking at. And then, of course, yeah, you know, previous game week when they did double. He, he looks like he's their most creative player. I mean, they, they 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 have added very well in attack with the likes of uh, Josh Meyer playing up front for them as well and, and certainly giving them an extra dimension but i mean lookman scored in, in in 25 and again lookman is one of those players that falls into that same category the likes of the spurs villa they are all playing in double game week 26 twice and they are all also playing in blank game week 29 so so there is that option now to to bring in the likes of lookman or any of the fulham maybe even some of the fulham defensive assets if if, if you really want to push the boat out um and 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 then you can you know not only set yourself up for having a playing player in in double game week 26 but also in in blank game week 29 so i don't know i I still don't think that lookman
0: is is the worst shout well 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 um we'll wait to see if you put your money where your mouth is come game week 29 i guess (laughs) Um, just just finishing up with the fixtures then on sunday um sunday obviously a, a different day all of the teams that you expected to win did win including west ham um Leicester 1-2 1 Arsenal lost to Man City, Man United 1. I think my takeaway from from that set of results cuz that's kind of important is that A Harvey Barnes, what a tremendous pick. We whew, Jack, let's 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 um, I want to say clap ourselves on what do you do, pat, you pat back. <laughs> let's let's pat ourselves on the back for that one because boy, whew, whew, we were right. And the other the other takeaway, the takeaway I was trying to get to there, before I got really distracted, genuinely just saying how great I am, is that the the two Manchester teams are phenomenal. Um Man City, if they wanted to have scored four goals, they could have scored four goals. But as soon as they went one-nil up, it just looked like the game was over for them, which was a shame because it's two minutes in, and they just coasted through that. So not great for FPL returns, but again, so so comfortable. And Man United just can't stop scoring that they just they just score goals and hopping on to both Manchester clubs and, and their attacking players is going to be really key um, if if you want to keep rising if, if you want to continue to rise whatever I think I think that players like Rashford, Sterling, um, Gundogan, De Bruyne, Fernandez, they're the people who are who are going to become really big time essential I think over the over the next few weeks even if they're if, if they're already not essential. Some are returning from injury, some look sort of like on the periphery. That was my takeaway at least, that 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 those teams are far and away the best attacking teams in the league right now. And getting their assets early or getting on them as much as possible. Just like triples where people have doubles or or doubles where people have singles could be could be a very viable strategy. I thought that. I, I don't know if you thought the same. Yeah. I mean
1: City carrying on, you know, where they left off over the last, you know, God knows how long, really. I mean they are so solid defensively now. I think Ruben Diaz is, is certainly going to go down as perhaps one of the best signings, certainly this this season, if if not in in the Premier League over recent years. Just because it's not only the fact that he is fantastic himself, he he whenever he plays in that side, he seems to make the others around him defensively look more solid. I mean, John Stones has he's transformed the way that he plays when he when he's playing alongside Ruben Diaz, and I think that it's given him that confidence boost that he needed and you know now he is securing more often than not a starting spot in the league for that Manchester City defence and I think they have a fantastic relationship now as well. Uh, Edison as well is a fantastic goalkeeper I mean yeah fair enough he's not really had to do a lot of work over the last uh, few games um in terms of making saves but confidence breeds confidence. Uh, the likes of Cancelo as well who can play either side and Even in midweek in in the Champions League, he was drifting so far forward. I mean, he got a fantastic assist uh, on the Bernardo Silva goal. So Cancelo is, in essence, a stuart Dallas. You know, he can play literally anywhere on the the left or right-hand side, and he can play through the middle at times as well. And we have seen Pep pushing further forward. And, I mean, Man United on on the flip side, yes, they are scoring a bunch of goals. And yes, Fernandez is that main focal point, and we can talk for hours on end about how good they are what I see when I look at Man United and certainly their their up-and-coming fixtures if you run back through some of their results against you know the quote-unquote top six teams over the season if you if you take out the fact that they lost 6-1 against Tottenham very very early on in the season it should be said and of course Bruno Fernandes only played half of that game but you know they drew 0-0 against Chelsea they won one nil against Arsenal, they drew 0-0 against City, they drew 2-2 against Leicester, they drew 0-0 against Liverpool, you know, the list goes on, Arsenal 0-0, so the top teams in and around them, they're perhaps finding it a bit more difficult to to break them down and, and score more go- more goals against uh, the teams in and around them in the league. So when you look at that fixture running that they do have up until the blank game week, Chelsea away, Crystal Palace away, Man City away, West Ham at home. West Ham are are, are certainly not any pushovers by any stretch of the imagination, certainly not in the form that they're on. And, you know, Chelsea, a lot of teams are finding it difficult to break Chelsea down. And Man City as well, you know, refer to the point before. They have been so strong defensively. All that they really need is, is, is one or two goals. And then they know that they can shield themselves up enough at the back. I'm not going to go out on a limb and say that that means that Bruno can't unlock that Man City defence because I think if anyone can, he can. But I just think that Man United seems to struggle
0: against the, the, the big teams in the league. Okay, no, it's, it's an interesting point. And, and when I run through the fixtures, I was actually going to suggest almost the opposite, Jack. Things are too good at Chelsea right now. I'm too happy with the way things are. <laughs> uh, genuinely, only only conceded two goals since two chills come in. Um, one of them was to Kurt Zuma, the other was to Minamino. That's eight games, two goals. It's awesome. I'm telling you, it feels like he's going to get... It. You can you can almost smell it in the air that come Sunday when Chelsea play Man United. Man United are playing away, which they absolutely love. That's Bruno. That's Bruno territory one hundred and one. <laughs> you can just smell it in the air that Chelsea are going to get thumped, and and all the pun. Welcome to the Premier League Tuchel, stuff like that. I can't. Oh, it's going to drive me crazy. It's going to be. It's just full of mad pundit reactions. This is what it's really like in the league. Welcome, like things like that. I can, I can see it now. I can see the horrible headlines. A step too far, maybe like that with TU instead of... Uh, <laughs> it, it could be anything. It could. So I'm a bit nervous about that. And it's probably why I'm captaining Bruno. Although I'll talk about that in a second. So um, I think we'll, 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 we'll rattle on through. And there are a lot. It's the biggest double game week ever. There are a lot of fixtures. So I'll rattle through them. Because what I want to do is I want to discuss... Uh, the moves you've made, which I'm very interested to hear about, the plans you have and the captaincy choice, because I think this week is the biggest week for captaincy choice. So I'm going to rattle through. Um, On Saturday, uh, you have Man City-West Ham, West Brom v Brighton, Leeds v Villa, Newcastle v Wolves. On Sunday, you've got uh, Crystal Palace v Fulham, Leicester v Arsenal, Spurs v Burnley, Chelsea versus Man United, Mm -mm -mm. Sheffield United versus Liverpool. Uh, Monday, you just have the Everton versus Southampton. Tuesday, just Man City v. Wolves. Wednesday, Burnley-Leicester, Sheffield United v. Aston Villa, Crystal Palace v. Man United. Again, Man United away from home. Keep that in mind for later. And uh, on Thursday, uh, Fulham versus Spurs, West Brom versus Everton, and Liverpool versus Chelsea. So the baptism of fire doesn't end for old Tommy Tuchel. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Although... Although actually on form, Liverpool are one of the worst teams in the league, so maybe just an easy fixture, you know, away at Anfield. <laughs> they can't even win Anfield anymore. So, um, so that's all the fixtures, and and there are a lot of them, and there's lots to unpack. I guess we start by saying Jack on top of the cane transfer, because I heard it was plural earlier. Don't think I didn't miss that. <laughs> what what else have you done? What have you done, Jack? Well,
1: I I think the player that I've transferred out is is pretty obvious. I mean, I've gotten rid of Jack Grealish. Reports coming out there, he could be out for for, for two to four weeks. Um, doesn't bode well for for that Aston Villa attack. And I mean, you know, they they, they did show signs of being able to to attack against Leicester. Um, I mean, Bertrand Traore got a goal back um, in the second half for them. So it's not all dead and buried without Jack Grealish in that side. Um, but I just think that there are certainly a lot more better options. Um, and I say better options. I've I've actually gone for a player who will only play once in 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 double game week 26 and that's Rafinha and I I I think purely based on the fact that what I saw of him watching that Leeds game he I mean over the course of both of those games he could have had a couple assists in in a Wolves game could have had a couple of assists on top of the goal in that Southampton game and you know it's is such a focal point of that attacking front three as it were with the likes of Bamford uh Roberts yeah it's one of those moves that I think as well sets me up well for Blank Gaming twenty nine because as you know, you know, I'm I'm not only focusing on double gaming twenty six at the moment, I'm I'm trying to look forward as well and, and make sure that I am well prepared for blank gaming twenty nine. I know a lot of managers as well who still have their free hit chip, it's it's the perfect chip to have to navigate that blank, but we've both used it so between now and then we we've really got to try and use our transfers as effectively as we can to try and counteract that I have taken a minus four for it and and like I say I've got Kane in as well um I mean Rafinha and Bamford both playing only once are both currently starting in my team purely based on the fact that I don't really have any other option really I mean I've got Brewster who plays twice but he's not gonna get any game time and if he does he's not gonna do anything anyway so I don't know I mean I'm I've been toying with the idea, right, of going from Bamford to DCL and having 10 double game week players. The only, the only annoying thing about that is is that obviously it would mean that I'd be on a minus eight going into double game week 26, which I don't think is, is the worst thing in the world. I don't think it's as bad as it sounds because I think that Everton have got favourable fixtures um, and, and DCL looks like maybe he's going to be getting back into the fold in terms of the goal scoring picture But it also means that then I have one less player for for blank game week 29. And that's something that I'm sort of keeping into consideration because at the moment I've got Martinez, Rafinha, Bamford, Kane, Dallas and Sufal. And they are the players in my team who are going to be playing in blank game week 29. So I I do have six players already and I can potentially use transfers and, and maybe a points hit here or there. To then set myself up to have eleven players playing in in blank game week twenty nine, so I'm really in a bit of a uh, bit of a weird situation. If if I could, then of course the move would be to go from Brewster up to DCO. Oh, I I I can't do that, and to be honest, if I could do that, I probably would have already done that, and I, I I would be happy to take a minus eight for for that. So it's one of those situations at the moment where I feel like I'm, I'm comfortable. I feel like. If anyone's going to return against Aston Villa uh, in a single game weekend, of course, you know, I kind of do want them to score, but don't really because I do have Emmy Martinez. But I just think that Bamford and Rafinha are, are, are where it's at, really. That's
0: uh, that's good. And it's nice that you talk about you already have six players for the double game week, yeah. whereas I have two. <laughs> and And if I use all of my transfers wisely... I can end up with with 6 come the double game week uh, without taking any hits which I thought was acceptable but hearing that you're going to have a full team has terrified me.
1: Well, this is it. This is this is what I'm saying. I, f- I feel like a lot of managers are, are are focusing a lot on the short term and and I know that I've seen a lot of wild cards where people are bringing in the likes of, you know, Ollie Watkins, uh, Harry Kane, Heung-min Son as well who aren't bad options in the immediate future um but I think you know a lot of people are, are maybe ignoring that fact I mean I am because I'm I'm sort of trying to hold off on using my wild card at the moment um so I, I I do feel like there is a lot of points to be earned in that blank game than a lot of FPL managers are letting on um certainly as I say if you don't have your free hit it does put you at maybe a bit of a disadvantage but I feel like I've got myself set up in a pretty decent position at the moment to try and Combat not only this week, but but also next week. And I mean, I've got nine players. You know, double that up to eighteen if they all play twice. Uh, you know, you've got captain's armband currently on Harry Kane. I don't know if it's going to stay there. Um, and then you've got Rafinha and Bamford. So you know, having a team of you know twenty, twenty-two players or whatever it works out to be isn't isn't the worst
0: thing in the world. No, it, it certainly isn't. And. My strategy mostly now involves me picking and identifying, I guess, the four, possibly five, if a hit comes into it, players that I'm going to want in my team for the double game week and just moving towards them um, with my transfers, possibly waiting as long as I can to do it. Because I look around the team and maybe Shaw is someone that can make way because, again, he has Man City and West Ham. Before the blank game week, but but players like Trent, I just get so lulled into this false sense of security. <laughs> he has Fulham and Wolves after after the double game week. Can you really? Oh, I don't know. It's a tough one. Players like Sterling who have two double game weeks and then Fulham. Ah, oh, I don't know where I'm going to make these moves, and I don't know. How. Leicester have Sheffield United in game week 28, so it's so it's really tricky to and and Southampton have Brighton, so so it's really tricky to find. Where I'm going to make these transfers and how I'm going to make them, but I'm certainly going to, and it's going to come down to me not making any moves this week, banking the transfer. I've got, I've got how many? I've got nine players playing for the double game week, and then Ings and Bamford, Banford up front, who have single game week fixtures. Which fine, whatever. I guess that's that's hopefully that's good enough. And and all of my moves are going to have to be towards the, the players that I want, and, and I don't even know who they are. Is it Saka, Son, Kane, Tierney? Those are sort of the Arsenal and the Spurs assets that come to mind. And then then for, for what? For, for, for Villa? There's there's potentially Watkins, but actually, Jack, maybe having Steer and Martinez has been a blessing in disguise. It stopped us getting Watkins just before the Grealish injury, now that Watkins barely return is is forecast to barely return at all without Grealish in the team. So so who knows? And then what, like Rafina as well? it doesn't feel great it doesn't feel like there are a lot of players i want so so while you think uh, while you're saying ah oh, i think people are overlooking it i think that i don't know I, I i don't i just don't see where there's a lot of value to get in it when it comes to it and and obviously that's going to be i mean how many weeks away is it right a month so so check check back in a month for the, for the for the podcast when that happens and i'm sat here devastated about all the points that you've got jack and, and you're just cheerily booping along <laughs> i trust you buddy you should have seen it coming
1: yeah i mean like i say it's, it's it's one of those things where it's always a lot more difficult to try and navigate if you don't have the free hit. um i'm i'm actually more more interested to hear what your sort of immediate transfer plans are for for double week 26 i mean you say that you've only got two players uh, you know playing in 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 blank game week 29 that must mean that you are set up pretty well to
0: combat double week 26 yeah. Oh, no. Combating double game week 26. I'm, I'm great. I've set up well for it. I've got Triple City, who then have a game week afterwards. I've got, I've got Harvey Barnes, who has great fixtures. Uh, yeah, I'm very happy with the team, actually. It, it looks quite good. But i uh, going to have to make some big moves. The final thing that we very, very, very quickly have to address, Jack, is captaincy. You've got some big hitters in your team now. And again, it's double game week. Everyone's playing everyone. Who are you captaining? Why are you captaining them? Who aren't you captaining? And um, actually, the last question is most important because I'll captain the player you don't captain because (laughs) they'll score more.
1: Ah, man. I was hoping you you weren't going to ask me this, but it was inevitable, wasn't it? I mean, look, yeah, I've got Salah. I mean, Gundogan, you know, I I feel like a topic that we've certainly glossed over is the fact that you know KDB is back in in that Man City starting a lineup now and 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 he was employed as a false nine against Arsenal. Uh, Gundogan played just in behind him but he sort of did didn't get as far forward as he has done over the last three or four weeks or well since the start of the year really when when when, when uh, KDB has been out of of that side injured so Maybe Gundogan is is not as an enticing option for captaincy as he perhaps would be without KDB. That's not saying that he won't go on and score a couple of goals against the likes of West Ham and Wolves. It's just maybe he's being a bit more limited in terms of his attacking presence. But he does still love to make those late runs into the box. So who knows? Gundawan could be a good pick. Salah is in there. You know, Salah plays against Sheffield. And, and, and certainly, if you're looking... For a game where Liverpool can start to maybe turn their season around a bit, it would be at Sheffield. Fernandez, as you say, two away games. We know that Bruno Fernandez loves an away game, so I mean the vice captain is currently on him. Maybe even some people might be tempted to go with the likes of Harvey Barnes or, or, or Jamie Vardy or, or James Madison, if Madison is is fit. He did pick up a bit of a knock in, in their last game, so. Who knows? I mean, like I say, it's currently on Harry Kane. I feel like the Burnley and Fulham fixtures are potentially not as bad as a lot of managers think that they are. I could be proven wrong and I'll be more than happy to be proved wrong. But like I say, I'm I'm safe in the knowledge of knowing that I've got Harry Kane in the team. Everything in that Spurs attack runs through the likes of Harry Kane. Um, I feel like he's going to be wanting to get in and amongst the goals again he has missed a few chances over the last few games as well and then when you look at their fixtures in and around you know the blank game week the double game week as well after you know they they, they play in 29 they go away from home against Aston Villa who are maybe starting to look a bit shaky in, in their defense in 27 they they play Crystal Palace at home who have looked well Let's let's be honest not not great. Um, certainly, I think Palace and Roy Hodgson have been underachieving, shall we say? I mean, they, they 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 picked up a fantastic win against Brighton, but you know, I just think that Harry Kane's fixtures from certainly from now until the end of the season. I mean, who do they play? You know, they got Man United, Arsenal, and and Leicester um, in the run up to the end of the season. So, if, if there was ever a time for me to to jump onto Harry Kane and 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 hope for the best, it would be now. So, I don't know. If it's on Harry Kane. It will probably
0: ninety percent stay there, but but we'll see. Love it, Jack. Stick to your gut, especially considering that if you don't stick on Harry Kane, you'll you'll be back on next week, furious that you didn't. <laughs> and maybe I could go for that. Maybe that would actually be what what I'm after. A bit of a bit of what I like. I think I'm going to stick with Fernandez. I, I know that I preach home fixtures, but with Man United, it's weird where actually. They seem to be really, really good away. And Fernandes seems to be really, really good away. And he's got two away fixtures. He's got that Crystal Palace defence that you're talking about. And I've got the insurance bet, where as a Chelsea fan, I can captain him against Chelsea. And if Chelsea lose to Man United, I go, well, at least it was Fernandes, because who else is even going to score for Man United? <laughs> so, <laughs> so for me, it's Fernandes. Easy pick. The guy is is the best fantasy asset in the game at the moment. Um. Just because he's so consistent. Look at his last four returns, right? 12, 9, 7, 17, uh, 3. <laughs> so, so he's quite good. And and I think he's, he's easily my pick, especially because where it, where Man United just attack, attack, attack. And I, I, are they playing in the Europa League tonight? Is that a thing? Uh, I believe so, Yes. Yeah, so, so he hopefully he's rested in that. Whereas Man United attack, attack, attack. We saw it against Arsenal that Man City are going to get rotated. If they're winning, they're going to shut the game down. I'm not feeling it so much. So although I have the option, like Sterling or Gundogan or even Cancelo if I'm feeling brave, and they do have two home fixtures, I think I'm going to stick it on Fernandez and he's just going to go ballistic. And I can't see it happening any other way. I really can't. He's just going to go ballistic and he'd be a fool not to, not to captain him, I think.
1: Well, like like you mentioned earlier, I feel like this will certainly be a defining moment in both of our seasons. Um, yeah, as as you say, I mean, I've, I've I've got I think what is it about a thirty point lead over you at the moment, so it's it's definitely going to be very interesting to see where we both end up. Um, certainly, not just at the end of the season, but but at the end of uh, at the end of next week as well. So yeah, exciting times. Um, how many players do you have featuring? In, in double game week twenty six, just so that I can get sort of a gauge on on,
0: on where you're at. Uh, 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 nine, 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 and then Ings and Bamford. Okay, so it's it's decent investment. I've got a decent investment in the double game week, and then I need to move towards this blank one. <sighs> Who knows how? Maybe our Bamyang, maybe our is going to be my absolute crazy twenty nine punt. How do you think about that?
1: Oh mate, he's 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 been in a ton of of my twenty nine drafts,
0: so. Oh, my God, of course he has. And on on, on that note, on on finding out that Jack is is some sort of genius maniac, um, (laughs) we'll, we'll, we'll say goodbye and we'll catch you next week when there will almost certainly be tears. And isn't that something to look forward to?